Hey, science nerds. Welcome to Beyond the Abstract, a podcast where we talk about the coolest cutting-edge science in a way just about anybody can understand. Hey everyone, welcome back to Beyond the Abstract. I'm joined today by a guest you might remember. Dan, do you want to say hi? Hi guys, great to be back. We actually have exciting news. Dan's going to be joining us as a permanent Beyond the Abstract host. Are you excited? So excited for this. Yeah, I'm really excited to join uh, you and Ellen and make more pods. I kind of feel like your whole life has been like leading up to this point. Like this might be your peak. <laughs> yep. You know, when I uh, go back and tell my grandkids about uh, med school and grad school, it's going to be all about this, Derek. On your tombstone, it's going to say Dan Weiner, 1982. When were you born? 82. <laughs> sorry, sorry. 1992 to 2000 and whatever <laughs> beyond the abstract. <laughs> That's exactly right. But I'm really excited for today's paper. Me too. It's really, really interesting. And as we'll talk about, I think it's an amazing example of taking tools and experiences from a range of fields and bringing them together to tackle a new problem in a really interesting and hopefully uh, impactful way for human disease. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about a paper that was published almost two years ago in Nature, called Targeting Cardiac Fibrosis with Engineered T-Cells. And it's from a number of authors, um, all from Penn, from the John Epstein lab with one of the um, longtime pioneers in this field, uh, Carl June. John Epstein is actually a cardiologist and developmental biologist, and he's an investigator at the Cardiovascular Institute, where I also work. Ellen Pure is a really well-known investigator in the field of cancer fibroblasts and cancer biology. And then Carl June, who was really, I feel like, catapulted into the limelight more recently through the development of CAR-T therapy, which is something that we'll talk about later on. Before we start the paper, as always, we're going to give you a little bit of background so you guys can understand the paper a bit better. Dan, what problem were the researchers in this paper trying to address exactly? So the problem they were trying to address is cardiac fibrosis. And let's take a step back to understand what's going on there. So the first key bit of information that we have to understand is a type of cell called a fibroblast. And these cells are throughout our body, and they have a really important role which is to create the structure that holds our body together. And uh, that's called the extracellular matrix. And it really provides a scaffold for our tissues and our cells, and it gives everything structure. And in addition to that, it's um, really important for repairing damage. Uh, Say if we uh, scrape our skin, uh, that wound that heals the fibroblasts are important there. But with all things good, there's also a a, a bad side here, which is they can get a little bit too enthusiastic. And 
um, that process is called fibrosis, when the fibroblasts create structure that's disorganized and can create scar tissue. This happens after injury, and it can happen to all sorts of organs in the body. It can happen in the lungs, to the liver, like in cirrhosis, you can have this sort of scar tissue that's formed. And also, most relevant for this paper, is after injury to the heart such as after a heart attack. And when the heart gets damaged in a heart attack, what can happen is the fibroblasts get activated and create scar, and that's what cardiac fibrosis is. So fibrosis is obviously not a good thing, but it's also important to remember it's kind of a defense mechanism, right? When tissue and different organs get damaged, cells begin to die and they'll leave an empty space, essentially. In order for the tissue to have structure, in order for the organ to have structure, they need to fill that space. So they'll usually do this by depositing matrix such as collagen and other types of proteins as well. We can understand why this is a problem when we think about the two main things that the heart does. When we have a heartbeat, that beat is triggered by an electrical impulse that travels through our heart tissue, and that's what causes the heart muscle to squeeze and pump blood around the body. So the heart squeezes and relaxes. So these two functions are conducting the electricity and squeezing and relaxing. And when there's scar tissue in the heart, it impairs both of these functions. So it makes the heart not conduct the electricity well because the current is blocked by the scar tissue, as well as it makes it harder for the heart to squeeze and to relax. And it's not that hard to imagine why impaired conduction of electricity in the heart or difficulty pumping could cause some serious problems after cardiac fibrosis. Once you have fibrosis, it's actually really hard to get rid of it. If you think about it, scar tissue is really sticky, it's really disorganized, its job really is just to, to fill the space, so it's kind of like super gluing things together. And when you have it all there, it might hold things together, but that doesn't mean it works very well. Especially when the scarring gets really advanced, we don't really have any good way of getting rid of it besides basically doing a heart transplant and removing the entire organ altogether. Given all of these challenges, how did these researchers try to tackle this problem of cardiac fibrosis? So it's this approach that is the really cool part of this paper. And what's so interesting is that the inspiration for their approach actually came from an entirely different field, and that field is cancer therapy. So the idea in this area of cancer therapy is to remember the role that the immune system plays in fighting cancer. The immune system is actually really critical for getting rid of cancer cells, just like it patrols the body for bacteria and all sorts of other invaders. The immune system is also looking out for cells that have become cancerous. And cells in the immune system called T cells have these little claws on their surface called a receptor that bind to specific targets 
on bacteria it's trying to get rid of. But sometimes the targets on cancer cells are a little bit harder to identify for the immune system. The key insight that this area of cancer research introduced into the field was the idea of basically giving these T-cells a software upgrade. So they now have instructions on how to make a receptor claw that is specific for a target on uh, a cancer cell. This idea is called CAR therapy. The CAR stands for chimeric antigen receptor. We'll just call it CAR. And this CAR therapy has been in the work for decades. What is really exciting is just a few years back in 2017, it was approved for uh, the treatment of multiple types of cancer and has um, proved to be amazingly effective in some cases of um, cancer that have resisted more first-line treatment. I remember when CAR therapy first got approved, I think it was for multiple myeloma, and Penn essentially had like a huge party for Carl June because it's the first FDA-approved cell-based gene therapy, which was super, super exciting. Nothing nothing like this had ever been invented or approved by the FDA before for, for cancer. You talked a lot about how CAR therapy can be used to fight cancer, but in this case, we're talking about cardiac fibrosis. How does that work? People have been thinking for a while about how to use this idea of CAR therapy to direct the immune system to get rid of any sort of cell that we want to get rid of. You know, we're giving it a software upgrade that allows the little claw to go after a target, but that target doesn't have to be on a cancer cell. It can be anywhere. And specifically in this case, their question was whether we can use CAR therapy to remove excess fibroblasts in the heart, which again are the cells that are responsible for the fibrosis that that's causing the problem in this case. Okay, so diving into the paper, how did the authors decide what to target on the cardiac fibroblasts in the heart? This is a great question and really important for the paper because you can imagine that if this target they chose happened to be on other healthy cells, then the immune system might go after those cells. And if you listen to a previous episode of Beyond the Abstract, where we talk about autoimmune disease, you can totally imagine a side effect of CAR-T therapy being by accident directing the immune system to go after healthy cells. So they needed to identify a target molecule that's present on the problematic fibroblasts, but not on other cells. And the way that they did this was pretty interesting. They collected healthy human hearts and diseased hearts with fibrosis. And in each of these samples, they identified genes that were more active in the diseased hearts, and they settled on a target called fibroblast activation protein, or FAP, FAP for short. Sounds like a really fitting protein. <laughs> yeah, it does seem a little obvious in retrospect. Once they had this target, I'm assuming they, they tried to design the CAR T cells to go after them, right? 
Yeah, exactly. So what they did first was they got a bunch of mice and they induced cardiac fibrosis. And then they developed CAR-T treatment by taking out some of their blood, identifying these T-cells, giving these T-cells in the immune system the little genetic instruction to make the receptor claw to go after FAP, and then delivered those T-cells back into the mice, and then let the T-cells go after the problematic fibroblasts. What effect did this have in the mice? Like, did it have any benefit at all? So it actually did work. And what's interesting is it had an effect both on the structure of the heart. So when they looked with microscopes, they saw that there was less fibrosis scarring in the heart tissue after they gave the CAR-T therapy, but also the heart's returned to functioning normally. So they became a little more flexible and were restored basically back to normal, which is pretty amazing. We talked a bit about how there can be side effects of CAR-T therapy, in particular, if your target, the FAP, was present on some healthy cells, then giving CAR-T therapy might cause a lot of problems. And they looked really closely to see if they could find any of these side effects. And for the most part, they didn't see much. So they um, thought that the safety profile here, at least in mice, seemed pretty good. So essentially, they were able to identify this target specific to problematic cardiac fibroblasts and then engineer their immune system to attack those cells without any effects on any other organs, right? That's exactly right. And it's amazing to do this in cardiac fibrosis, but what they um, talk about in the paper is also how this is really a proof of principle for CAR-T therapy. It's landmark paper in both the potential treatment down the road of cardiac fibrosis, but also of using the immune system to target any cell that you think is causing disease and try to get rid of it. Right. And this isn't even just other fibrotic diseases that we talked about, like cirrhosis and and pulmonary fibrosis, but really even other diseases. Yeah. So this has lots of applications in cancer, which are being uh, researched actively, but in really any disease where you can identify a cell you want to get rid of and a target on that cell that you can direct the car therapy to go after, it's the exact same idea. So it's not too big of a leap of imagination to think that uh, this, this approach could have wide application in medicine. This whole idea of immune engineering is actually not really novel either. If we think about things like vaccinations, it's really teaching our body's immune system to go after problematic proteins already. So these are usually proteins on like bacteria and viruses and other things. This is just kind of taking a more novel and specific approach to to attacking a non-infection related problem, which is really cool. So when can we expect for this treatment to hit the clinics? Am I going to see this on my cardio rotation in two years? (laughs) 
Well, it depends how long it takes your PhD to finish, Derek. If you take your time with, with your, with your uh, PhD, then maybe in a decade you'll see it. But we probably won't see this in clinic for a while. And there are a number of hurdles that have to be um, crossed before that might happen. So first, this study was uh, completed in mice and not in humans. And there can always be issues transferring uh, treatments that were developed in mice to humans. The CAR therapy, as we've mentioned, in cancer treatments, which have been really successful, also have come along with some common side effects, some of which can be pretty serious. So when you rev up your immune system like this in CAR therapy, then um, there's always the possibility of the immune system attacking healthy tissue. And that's something that will be big area for development of a good safety profile here. Also, they picked FAP as the target on the fibroblast, but it's not obvious that that was the best target. And it's also possible that there is a combination of multiple targets that might be optimal. So that's uh, an area that they still have to work on. And just in general, you know, the idea of car therapy for anything is pretty novel. It's, it's, it's been approved by the FDA for treatment of cancer, but this area of um, going after any cell that you want, while it sort of makes intuitive sense as an extension of the cancer treatment, is totally novel and will take time to further develop for sure. I think this paper is a really great example of why we study fundamental principles in biology. A lot of people have said before, why do you why do you study something like cardiac fibrosis? There's nothing we can do. All we're going to do is transplant the heart. Or why do you study T cells? Don't we already know what they do? They they fight off pathogens. Why do we need to study them further? It's because when we study these things even more in depth, we can come up with novel treatments like this that are just honestly completely blow my mind. There's always more to be discovered. Yeah, I completely agree that this uh, paper is, you know, while it might seem simple, you know, oh yeah, you know, we take our CAR T therapy and then we uh, find a target on the um, fibrosed heart and then um, go in and apply the treatment, this is built on just you know, decades and decades of uh, basic biological research that has brought us to this point where we can have these sort of applications. So I think that's a great point. And then something else I'll uh, return to is just that I think this paper is a great example of how one field can influence another. So CAR-T therapy for um, if you go and uh, talk to any scientist who um, is familiar in the area, the first thing they think of is cancer treatment. And that's what it's been developed for. But it's so exciting to think about it being applied um, broadly. And I think in general, this is a great example of how the developments in one area of biology and medicine can impact um, advances in another and I think speaks to the importance of, you know, interdisciplinary seminars and lectures and uh, research institutes that are um, 
cross boundaries and people just don't uh, stay in their silos. Totally. It really, I think, is the epitome of good collaborations and what can come of that. All right. So this is a really fun one, Dan. Thanks for your inaugural episode as host for Beyond the Abstract. (laughs) Thanks, Derek. It was a lot of fun. And I'll uh, wait for my multi-million dollar contract to come in the mail before the next one. Yeah, maybe maybe you can invent another CAR T therapy for for that to happen. <laughs> All right, I guess that's a good uh, second place alternative. 